Now, what about the world of art? 2002, Leonardo DiCaprio gets nominated for an Oscar for playing this man's life. It was based on a true story, the movie Catch Me If You Can. Frank Abagnale. Oh, my God, you're not going to believe this story of a virus entering the banking world, entering the airline industry, and making it sick, just like the coronavirus. Oh, my God, Frank Abagnale. Let's go to number one. 16 years old, his parents divorce. He leaves home. How is he going to take care of himself? He's only 16. Listen to what he does. So tell me, young man, how old are you? At uh, 16. How far did you go in high school? Uh, 10th grade. I'll hire you. And I went to work for a small amount of money, a few hours a day. But I soon realized I couldn't support myself on that amount of money. I also realized as long as people believed I was 16 years old, they weren't going to pay me any more money. At 16, I was six foot tall. I've always had a little gray hair. My friends in school used to say that once a week when we dressed in a suit for mass, I looked more like a teacher. So I decided to lie about my age. Yeah, how did he do this? He took his driver's license and altered the date by 10 years. Let's listen to number two. In New York, we had a driver's license at 16. Back then, it didn't have a photo on it, just an IBM card. So I altered one digit of my date of birth. I was actually born in April of 1948, but I dropped the four, converted it to a three, and that made me 26 years old. I walked around applying for the same type of work. People gave me a little more money, a few more hours. But even then, it was very difficult to make ends meet. Now he figures out how to write checks, how to get checks. He begins with his own checking account, which actually has money in it. But then he realizes the money's running out. He's going to have to become a con man. Number three. One of the few things I had taken when I left home was a checkbook. I had money from work in the summers. I had some money in that checking account. So every so often, I would write a check to supplement my income, $20, $25. The funds were there. The checks were good. But it was my friends, my peers, who would constantly say to me, you know, you're the only guy who walks into a bank in the middle of Manhattan. You have no account there. You don't know a soul. You talk to somebody behind a desk, and they okay your check. Oh, well, my checks are good. Yeah, but if I walked in there, they wouldn't touch my check. You walk in there, they don't bat an eye. Now, years later, reporters would write and speculate and say that that was my upbringing, mannerisms, dress, appearance, speech, whatever it was, it was very easy to do. So consequently, when the money ran out, I kept writing those checks. But he realized he could charm himself, just like the virus. It's sneaky. You breathe it in. It's not going through an open wound. You're literally breathing the air. That's how it gets in. It charms you as that virus gets into your body and makes it makes you sick. Uh, this is what the virus sounds like. Let's do next. I was walking up 42nd Street one afternoon about 5 o'clock in the evening, 16 years old, pondering all of these things when I started to approach the front door of an old hotel that used to be there called the Commodore Hotel, now the Grand Hyatt. Just as I was about to get to the front door of the hotel, out stepped an Eastern Airline flight crew onto the sidewalk. I couldn't help but notice the captain, the co-pilot, the flight engineer, about three or four flight attendants dragging their bags to the curb to load them in the van to take them to the airport. As they loaded the van, I thought to myself, that's it, pose as a pilot. I could travel all over the world for free. I probably could get just about anybody anywhere to cash a check for me. That's the aha moment. That's it. Now listen to how the virus got into the body. 
got into the airlines and pulled it off and made it sick. Next. So the next day, I placed a phone call to the executive corporate offices of Pan Am. I remember distinctly when the phone was ringing. I had absolutely no idea what I was going to say. When they answered, Pan American Airlines, good morning, can I help you? Uh, yes, ma'am. I'd like, to, um, I'd like to speak to somebody in the uh, purchasing department. Purchasing? One moment. And the clerk came on and said, yes, sir, maybe can help me. My name is uh, John Black. I'm a co-pilot with the company of San Francisco. Been with the company about seven years, but never had anything like this come up before. Next. Oh, what's the problem? Well, we flew a trip in here yesterday. We're going out later today. Uh, yesterday, I sent my uniform out through the hotel to have it dry clean. Now the hotel and the cleaners say they can't find it. Yeah, I'm with the flight in about four hours. New uniform. Don't you have a spare uniform? Certainly. Back home in San Francisco, but I'd never get it here in time for my flight. Uh, do you understand this will cost you the price of uniform, not company? But I understand. Hold on. I'll be right back. Wow. Now he learns where to get a uniform. 